0: Hi what are do? How are we? <laughs> I'm Kapano Bojali and this is South A, a political podcast where we usually discuss what's happening in and around our world politically but for the next week we're taking a bit of a different approach and we're calling it seven days for Africa. This week I pretty much do the least talking and have seven amazing people from all over the continent helping us celebrate Africa Month. I hope you'll go with us on this journey as we learn what it means to be African for these young trailblazers. Don't forget to follow or subscribe to South R on your favourite listening platform to make sure that you don't miss an episode. Disclaimer. South R is an independent forum and all views expressed are my own. South R is not to be affiliated with any political bodies mentioned in the show. Any comments mentioned by listeners in response to episodes are the opinions of the listener. With this said, however, no hate speech in this house that includes sexism, racism, misogyny, homophobia, transphobia, or any other ism or phobia you might be unfortunately living with. The listener's discretion is advised. Before we get to uh, a mini conversation with Henrietta and I introduce her, I just want to wish you a happy, happy, happy Africa Day. And I hope that you enjoy it and that you celebrate it with those you love. Um, And obviously in every single episode for Seven Days of Africa, I'm going to be discussing a few key points that relate to um, the African continent as a whole. Just so you guys are a little bit more informed um, and understand how the continent sort of functions. Um, So Africa has 54 countries and one non-self-governing. And all of Africa was colonized by foreign powers during the scramble for Africa. I'm sure you've all heard that term in some history class, um, except for Ethiopia and Liberia. Um, before colonial rule, Africa comprised of up to 10,000 different states and autonomous groups with distinct languages and customs. Now, on the 25th of May 1963, which is the day that we are celebrating, um, and that's why May is Africa Month, Africa made history with the foundation of the Organization of African Unity, which is now today known as the African Union. Um, the OAU had provided an effective forum that enabled all member states to adopt coordinated positions on matters um, of common interests uh, in terms of the continent and um, when presenting these interests in the international relations world um, and therefore defend the interests of Africa effectively. Now, Africa Day is intended to celebrate and acknowledge the successes that the OAU, um, you know, had from its creation in the fight against colonialism as well as apartheid and the progress that Africa has made while reflecting upon the challenges that the continent still faces in the global arena. So the OAU charter basically spells out um, the purpose of the OAU, or now known as the African Union. And it's basically five points, which is to promote the unity and solidarity of African states, to coordinate and intensify their cooperation and effects to achieve a better life for the people of Africa, to defend their sovereignty, their territorial integrity and independence, Um, to eradicate all forms of colonialism from Africa to promote international cooperation, um, having due regard to the Charter of the United Nations as well as the Universal declaration of human rights now the theme in celebrating africa month for this year 2020 is silencing the guns creating conducive conditions for africa's development and intensifying the fights against covid19 or the covid19 pandemic according to Government. <laughs> Aimed, which is basically all aimed at ending civil conflicts, violence, and preventing genocide. If you didn't know, there are quite a few civil conflicts all over Africa, not just Africa, um, but that really, you know, where you see child soldiers, where you see a whole lot of conflict happening in areas. And um, those are things that we need to be working towards ending so that we can sort of work towards. You'll hear. For the week, I ask you know all, you know the people that I've asked to help us for, um seven days for Africa, and I ask them, are we reaching our potential? And I think one of the things that prevents us are obviously violence, um. So it's important for us to tackle that. Um, with all of being all of this being said, um, it's very tricky, but basically. The AU really peaked um, when we were trying to obtain freedom from, you know, colonial powers. And over the years, I think, you know, it's tended to lose its way, which was... um, which is why agenda 2063 came about Um, and basically it's the concrete manifestation of how the continent intends to achieve the vision um, which it has which is basically you know the Africa that we want within the 50-year period so it was drafted in 2013 and it it was a 50-year celebration obviously of you know the start of the African Union and this happened during Dr. Ngosana Jamini-Zuma's term when she was actually elected to serve as the African Union's chairperson from 2012 to 2017. Um, so, you know, there's just, it's, it's a constant, I think it's always a constant reminiscing of us just allowing ourselves to constantly um, remember why we're doing what we're doing and just work towards making Africa better in every single way we possibly can um and we can say you know there are a lot of factors that can prohibit us from poor leadership to um you know how sort of economies are set up and all of those stuff but I think we need to understand that we are capable and we are so powerful and I think this, that's what this week is about for me so I really hope that you guys enjoy it um Finally, the African Union, um, moving from the uh, AU, was officially launched in 2002 in Durban, Natal in South Africa, if you didn't know. Um, and currently, the chairperson of the African Union is selected by the Assembly, following consultations, obviously, by member states and The office of the chair of the African Union is held for a period of one year by a head of state. And that current head of state is President Cyril Ramaphosa, um, obviously South African president. And his term will end in February 2021. Um, So it's very interesting to see where we are. The times that we are in really make us more aware of how much we need to work together as a continent and just hopefully soon enough um become better and better and with that being said uh I hope that you guys enjoyed today's episode. Our young African for today is one of the coolest humans I've ever met. A Bcom marketing student who is an amazing content producer. Even got nominated for her work um, by the SA Radio Awards. And she's also recently started her YouTube channel called Hoops and Hoodies. Uh, So once you've done listening to the episode for today, do make sure to go give her a watch. Um, With that being said... Enjoy. Hi, my name is Henrietta Amofa and I am
1: an African. I was born in South Africa but I do have Ghanaian parents which means that I am a first generation South African with Ghanaian descent. Um the the full name for Ghana, uh, my other home, is the Republic of Ghana. Before independence though, we were known as the Gold Coast under british rule because obviously ghana is known for having a lot of gold <laughs> the capital of ghana is accra and we have over 20 national languages which of the three there are three that are spoken the most which is tree fanti and ga um, and of course english we gained independence in 1957 on the 6th of march which marks 63 years since we have since gained um, independence, and we are located in West Africa, which is a coastal country, um, and its neighbors are Burkina Faso, Togo, and Ivory Coast. We also have a population of about 31 million, and our currency is the Guinean Sidi. So Copano basically wanted me to answer a few questions about my story my lived experience as a first generation south african and basically how i got here how i was born here and that obviously starts with my parents so my parents got here in the 80s my dad got here in 85 and my dad and my mom came in 87 and obviously they came to pursue opportunities that were not necessarily as available back home in ghana and so my dad came because there was a shortage of doctors in Transkei, and my mom came to pursue her studies, but her, my grandparents um, came also to South Africa because they wanted to um, also use the opportunities of the shortages of teachers in Transkei to find jobs here and to give their kids a better life. And so I'm kind of like a hybrid generation South African. Um, because my mom technically was like brought by her parents and then I was obviously brought into this world by my mom, but I'm the first South African that was like born here, if that makes any sense. Um, my parents still live here. They still live in South Africa and, um, yeah, basically we've just been kicking it ever since. I have a sibling, so he's also a first generation South African and we've just been doing the things that needs to be done. (laughs) Another reason why my parents immigrated to South Africa was because in the 80s at the time in Ghana, there was a bit of political uncertainty and a, like sort of like, yeah, I'll call it unrest. And so basically um, in Ghana itself, there was political unrest. And in Nigeria, the the Ghanaians that did live there were told to come back home, also famously known as Ghana must go. And so basically opportunities weren't looking so great back home and so the shortages of qualified jobs in south africa in terms of more so in terms of teaching and um being a doctor or just medical assistance um in transkai enticed a lot of ghanaians to immigrate here to find better opportunities for not only themselves but for generations to come what it means to be and African to me, is to have a sense of pride, a sense of belonging, a sense of culture, um, and also just to have a sense of home. Um, I mean, to belong somewhere is obviously something great, but to have a sense of home for me means that there's a certain comfort that comes with that belonging for me. And I think that is very important and I aspire and I am going to keep that sense A feeling alive in the generations that i bring into this world and i raise up and i will never let them forget where they come from regardless where they are in the world because i think it's very important that we don't take for granted that we know where we come from and we know you know um what like where where our lineages lie because a lot of people more specifically the african diaspora struggle with that Especially obviously in like America with all the slavery that has happened, their sense of belonging, their sense of home was literally ripped away from them. So I, I always remember that. And me coming from Ghana, where obviously it's in West Africa where a lot of the slave trade took place, I never forget that ever. <laughs> this question about whether I can speak my mother tongue has been haunting me for years, but I cannot speak uh my mother tongue fluently which is true i can't speak it uh fluently but i am learning as an adult now especially in quarantine times i have a book i'm learning from my rentals so listen by the end of this I'll be speaking fluently trust me trust me but I can speak a bit of it but not fluently of course I can uh understand it way better than I can speak it and I do feel like I was judged for it growing up and I do get judged for it now but I think it makes less of an impact on me and like me trying to justify the fact that I'm a Ghanaian but I am still learning I'm going to get it right and I'm going to teach my kids because I think it's it's just nice to have. It's good to be bilingual. Because other than tree, I can't really speak Afrikaans. I failed it hard in high school. I can't really speak. I can understand Sotana a lot uh, because I'm from Northwest. And yeah, so it's just, it's always been like, who are you? Because you can't really speak a language. We don't know where you're from. But I've I'm over it now. I'm a grown woman. So all of that is just naysayers and trying to make me feel bad and it's okay i understand it because we all assume that if you can't speak your language it's almost as if you have a disconnect from your culture which i actually disagree with so i'm learning though trust me i'm learning so some interesting facts about ghana is that we are the number two Cocoa uh, producing country in the world we used to be number one but then we lost the Ivory Coast but it's all good because it's all love West Africa is still on top. Um, We have one of the oldest monarchs in African history which is the Ashanti. the ashanti kingdom which has been there for i don't know how many years on the top of my head but we have one of the oldest monarchs and we also are known for almina castle which was a slave castle built by i'm not sure on the top of my head it's either built by the dutch and then taken over by the portuguese or vice versa but basically it is known for slave trade that took place in western africa and shipped out a lot of slaves and so um yeah another like personal fact is i actually have people in my lineage that have been affected you know by that being traded and all of those things but that's another conversation for another day um and yeah those are like the interesting facts about ghana we are also a very loving country we are known as like to be one of the kindest countries in africa and we are known for having good hospitality Blaze, blah. I'm not going to keep on bragging or whatever, but you know that country is lit. <laughs> I guess the number one thing I miss about. Ghana when I do go visit is family Uh, not a lot of my family actually live in South Africa majority of them live in Ghana and beyond (laughs) and so when I go back home it's just nice to be around my cousins that are around the similar age as me aunts and uncles I actually don't have any cousins here in South Africa and so I never like had that kind of culture growing up you know going to visit cousins and stuff unless I flew to Ghana And so that is just something that I miss. I guess it's just like the family dynamic when I go back home. And I also miss the cooking. Oh my gosh, the food is amazing. Sure, I can cook some here, but like the availability of ingredients is different in South Africa than to ghana of course recently plantain has been making waves back here in sa and so i get a little taste of home every now and then and of course jollof rice sorry nigeria you just don't compete (laughs) but yeah that's just like top two things that i miss about home when it comes to ghana we have definitely not reached our greatest and fullest potential as most africans from other african countries will probably say there's a lot of Um, potential that we are yet to tap into that we know of and then there's even the potential that we don't know of that we need to tap into and so I think Ghana is on the right track but we are yet to untap that and I say this because Ghana produces or you know, houses or has a lot of people that come from there that are super duper smart. I'm talking whether it's in medicine, politics, whether it's in um, entertainment or even business. Like we have a lot of innovative people, great thinkers. Um, but I think Ghana is yet to have the facilities or yet to have the resources to really harness on those people's um potential and use it for the greater good of the Ghanaian you know progression because what you do find is that Ghana has a bit of a situation with brain drain and so they just like immigrate to other countries and just you know obviously give their potential there which is unfortunate which is the case with most African countries and so we could do so much more And i have so much faith in ghana but if we could just tap into and figure out how to harness some people's potential and to progress it for the greater good of ghana that would be absolutely amazing amazing and we would honestly we would start to be untouchable in fact we would be untouchable (laughs) who do i think that africa could function like the eu right now as we are the political state everything no can we get there? As an optimist, I do believe that if we have the right leaders in place with the right vision that all align, um, we can definitely get there. I don't know if it's going to be seen in our lifetime as of yet. We may see the 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 foundation be built, but I do think we can do that. And we should aspire to do that because honestly, uh, sometimes we forget that we are such a force. I mean, they came here. To take everything that we got our natural resources and everything we are such a rich continent we're such a rich continent and if we really realized it and we really reached that potential and we started to think okay guys let's stop looking outside and let's look inside and like look to our neighbors and people that have similar experiences to us we would honestly be an unstoppable force but there's a whole bunch of things that need to go down that i myself don't politically know And so I have aspirations for it. How viable it is to happen in the next century, I don't know, but I'm an optimist. I mean, I come from Ghana that birthed Kwame Nkrumah, who was a Pan-Africanist himself, you know, and really wanted like an African union. So I think we can do it. We just have to obviously hope that the stars align and get people into office that have that same kind of vision. I guess some stereotypes about Ghana that are just not true is that we all eat boiled eggs. Okay, listen. Yes, a boiled egg is delicious with any Ghanaian dish that you want, right? But it doesn't mean that every Ghanaian likes a boiled egg. I do, personally. But it doesn't mean that I'm gonna eat it with, like, cereal. I've seen the most ridiculous things on Twitter, it's just not true. I think also, Ghanian versus Nigerian Jollof. We're not hating on Nigerians when we say Ghanian Jollof is nice. We're just saying that Nigerian Jollof just doesn't compare. And we're just stating facts. Don't hate! But also stop pinning us against each other, okay? First and foremost, Ghana and Nigeria aren't the only two places that make jollof rice and you need to stop bringing that up in conversation you know to get the juices flowing it just doesn't work anymore okay quite frankly it's a little bit irritating and I would lastly say Africa Magic is such a great place for you know showcasing like our talent in, in, in West African countries and beyond but we all don't have the same accent so if you hear that we're from Uh, like Ghana or like Nigeria or anything like that we don't have the same you know dialect we don't speak the same we don't have the same accent so please stop assuming it's kind of offensive you know what I'm saying and on top of that we don't smile and even though we dominate the hairdressing and you know uh, barber industry it's not the only professions that Ghanaians have that's very important to state I am an African my name is Henrietta Amofa
0: Thank you, thank you, thank you so much to Henrietta for hopping onto the South Ah train for a day. I hope that you guys enjoyed it today's episode if you are from ghana or any other parts of west africa please 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 do comment let me know what you thought of the episode um and if you're not i hope that you learned a thing or two like i did (laughs) please don't forget to follow or subscribe to make sure that you don't miss any episodes for the rest of the week also always have to um Uh, cite my sources Uh, today's sources were www.gov.za the african union website as well as national geographic with that being said please don't forget to also rate and comment um, if there's anything else that you guys want to hear on south with that being said i'll see you guys on the next episode bye